Welcome to Snapshots and Second Acts. I'm Abina Adujan. You can learn a lot about someone from the photos they take and choose to share with others. Each episode showcases the stories behind each guest's personal snapshots and their pivot into their second acts. Today's guest is Kim Hopkins. She's an international award-winning actor, coach, and model. We spoke about the ups and downs in her career and why variety is the key to longevity in the entertainment industry. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been a model and an actress since I was three years old, and I currently help other actors get their careers going as well as pursuing my own career. You said that you help other actors kind of get started with their own career. How do you do that? Not just get started, but actors who are coming back to it or are kind of floundering in their career right now. I work with them on fine-tuning their acting and their audition skills, and I help them create their own content and get it out there, help them get agents and managers, and I record for their actors' access. I have a class that I teach every Saturday, and at the end of the month, we write scenes for them that are exactly what they need for themselves, and then we record them and put them up. That's awesome. And so how long have you been doing that? Uh, about two and a half years. I started a little bit before the pandemic at a theater and then did it online over Zoom all over the world. I had like 20 or 30 people a week for free. I did it for the whole pandemic. Yeah. And we just came back in person about two, three months ago. Okay. And how did that feel kind of going back into the theater? Oh my gosh. It was so exciting to be back. You know, just to be able to not hug people because you couldn't really. We still socially distance and we wear masks, but it's just, it's a whole different feeling. We actually left the theater after a month because it wasn't as safe as we expected it to be. And we've been in my cute one bedroom apartment doing it for the last two months. It's nice. That's really, really great. The experiences of the actors doing it on Zoom versus local. Does anything get lost? You know, I was I was really surprised. I wasn't familiar with Zoom when I first started during the pandemic. I was like, what are we going to do? And someone said, try Zoom. And I thought, well, this is kind of weird. But it actually translated really well. I actually shot a film, a short film over Zoom. The other actor and the producer, the director, writer were all in New York. And we've been winning, winning festivals with it. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. It's surprising and it's amazing. I'm just, I won Best Actress in a Comedy. It's called Tippy Toes in St. Petersburg, Russia. And they just sent me this beautiful award made out of glass. It's gorgeous. It's been, it's exciting. It's a whole different medium. That's fantastic. So was it Tippy Toes that you recorded using Zoom or was it a different? It was Tippy Toes. That's the one. Yeah. They hired me over Zoom. I auditioned over Zoom. They hired me. And then they said, we're shooting over Zoom. I didn't know they were in New York. They didn't realize I was in California. And it's just been a blessing for us. And the, he won Best Supporting Actor in one festival. We won Best Comedy, Best Director. It's been a ride. That's great. So would you ever do that again, that same kind of experience? Oh, definitely. There's a young girl who lives in South Carolina who is in my class. And we were supposed to film a scene this week with an actor that was here. And with her, so I wrote a scene where the daughter was asking her father over Zoom for money to go to Coachella. <laughs> it was really cute because that's what's happening now, you know? Yeah, that's great. 
you've been acting for a really long time. Had you ever envisioned yourself doing anything else? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I definitely wanted to do other things. And I still do. I do other things and I've done other things. And when I was very young, I wanted, I always loved cooking and baking. And I used to enter into contests. I won blue ribbons for my cakes and pies. And I studied um, everywhere I went all over the world when I was modeling, I would find either a chef or a caterer, or if it was some, you know, if there was somebody that was like in their 70s or 80s that made a specific dish that was culturally specific to that area, I would learn how to make like kufta or some, you know, something from that district or that area that I was in. Yeah. So that was one thing, but I really wanted to be a child developmental psychologist. Ah, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> that's so, no, that's really, really cool. Kind of what were, were you drawn to specifically with respect to childhood development? You know, I can't really tell you what it was. It was just something that I was always drawn to. And um, I did study psychology. And when I realized what the internship and how many years I was getting, I was like, well, no, wait a minute. Just like time out for a second. That might be a little too much time for me. But I did study it extensively. And it came in handy when I had my son. Ah, excellent. Mm -hmm. Have you found it to be helpful in terms of acting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, finding the nooks and crannies of the characters and understanding, especially when it's not something that's close to me or something that's very intense, I think it keeps me grounded and it's easier for me to access those things because I've studied so much. Um, whereas I've heard from a lot of actors that when they get those kind of roles that are emotionally draining for them or at the end of the day or at the end of the week, they have a really hard time coming back to themselves. I don't have that issue as much. And I think I would attribute it to the training in psychology. That's really, really cool. So my understanding is that, you know, you were in the industry and you left show business for quite a period of time. When was that? Oh, gosh, I left so many times. Um, I think the first time I left, I was it was probably 1982. I left several times and the main reason I left was because I wasn't getting the kind of roles I wanted to get and it seemed like every time I would be on a set in four movies in a row I was asked to take off my top and I just you know and actually I just had a breast reduction and it's just I can't tell you I mean it's just it was really frustrating as a woman and as an actress and as a model to be looked at all the time just because of one part of my body. Mm -hmm. I mean, I usually work because of my face, not so much of my figure. But when I did, it was really frustrating to me. So that was the main reason I left just because of that. And I have to say, and, I, and I'm going to say this because so many women struggle with whether or not to get a breast reduction or when they have to have a mastectomy, they're so affected by the fact that their womanhood is being taken away from them. And I just want women to know that it's such a physical relief, number one. And number two, you know, I went from like a double D to maybe like a small C and I don't feel any less or any different. I, I'm actually really pleased and not being in pain is such a gift. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Like, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So given your experiences, how did you react when Me Too came to the forefront? Oof. Well, I mean, I lived through that. Um, I can't, <laughs> I, I won't name names, but it came up almost daily when I was going out on interviews and auditions. There was definitely an aspect of it. There were 
women, uh, girls who were not as off put by it and that kind of gave into it. There was a lot of that. I, I'm going to say that. So there were a lot of women who slept with people to get a job and they knew that that's what they were doing. It's unfortunate that other people were so afraid to give up a career. I was never in that group of people that I always thought, you know what, if, if, if that's what it's going to take, then I'm not going to have that career. And I would just walk away. I was never forced to do anything. I did have a really rough experience on one set, which I will not mention the name of the set, but I was drugged and raped. And um, it was a horrifying experience. It didn't stop me from pursuing my career. Mm -hmm. I did tell people about it. And the guy who perpetrated that was taken off the set that I was working on. Um, I have a very strong character and a very strong psyche, and I didn't take it as something that I didn't feel weakened by it. Or, I mean, it didn't affect me like that. It was something that happened, and I rose above it. I made sure that he was at least taken off the set. I did not report it to the police at the time. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, I should have, but I was very young. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Me Too movement, I'm glad that it it's happened, but I still think there's a lot of that going on. Right. You know, and it's not just this business, it's every business. You know, let's be real. I think it may have been on Twitter. I was reading a comment where it was like, every woman that you know or met has been sexually assaulted in some way, shape or form. Oh, absolutely. Which it's <laughs> disheartening, doesn't even cut it. Mm -mm. I mean, and that was one of the things when I was raising my son, as soon as he could understand what I was saying, I taught him to respect women, to understand what no meant. And thank goodness, he's he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful human being. He's married to a lovely girl, but he respects women. I think as women, we are the ones who are responsible for raising the men. You know, I mean, I was never one of those women who thought, oh, I want to get married and I want to have kids. I need a little house with a white picket fence. I was very independent. So, you know, I think we hold a lot of responsibility for the men in our society and the way we raise them. I know some really good men and I know their mothers are very strong women. So I just think we need to take more responsibility as women too. You've left show business several times mm -hmm. and you've come back several times. Yep. What was it that brought you back? Oh, it's hard to stay away once you, <laughs> once you have that, that in your blood. I, you know, I mean, it's it's in my family's blood. It was goes back generations. But this time I realized I was helping all these other people. And I realized, how am I telling other people how to do this when I'm not doing it myself? And I really missed it. And that's why I went to film school and why I created my own content and came back so strong. <laughs> Actually, I think that was a really good segue into the first photo that you sent, which is of you holding a first, uh, sorry, a Best Actress Award. Uh, and I love it because you're sitting in your car and you're holding that award for a film that you not only starred in, but you also wrote it and you directed it. Yes. So can you tell me more about that day? Well, that, I mean, when I won it, I was like over the moon because it was my first Best Actress Award. And especially since... Well, I have to tell you, it was very special because um, Richard Rush, who was my mentor and really close friend who passed away just a few months ago, he really pushed me to do it. And he came to the set. The first, he's, he's an Academy Award nominated director, and he's a big 
name in this business. And he said, I'm going to come to the set with you because one, this is the first time you're directing and two, you're directing yourself, which is a really big job. I want to make sure everything's going well. And he came to the set. And after about an hour, he said, you know what? You got this. And I was like, oh my gosh, Richard Rush said, I have this. I, there, I mean, I can't even tell you. I was so excited. I sat on it for three years before I put it into a festival because I didn't think it was good enough. So when I won that award, because they sent it from New York, I picked it up at my post office box and I got in the car and I opened it. I was just over the moon, over the moon. Unfortunately, Richard had already passed by the time I received it. So I didn't get to share that with him, but I share it with him, you know, through the ether. It was just, I can't even, it's such an incredible thing. And it's not like an Oscar or an Emmy, but it was my first film, my first directing and my award. So yeah, pretty exciting. That's that's so, so great. So you spoke a bit about creating your own content. What prompted you to go from being solely behind, sorry, in front of the camera to kind of moving behind it? Well, you really don't have a choice anymore. I mean, you have to write for yourself if you want to be seen in a different light. Having gone through my most of my life as, you know, the hot chick and then becoming the MILF, which I didn't really appreciate at all, but that was what it was. So I really wanted to create something where I didn't look pretty and I wasn't being sweet and kind. I was twisted and crazy and all of the things that I really wanted to put out there. So I had to write it myself. I co-wrote that. I had to direct it myself because I didn't have anybody else to do it. I mean, I hired people to do the camera work. I hired my actor, Johnny Ray Diaz, was absolutely incredible. Just incredible. He really made it happen. Yeah, I mean, you don't really have a choice. You have to create your own content. You have to be out there every day hustling because that's the only way you get noticed. I mean, and that's how I got my new agent. I didn't ha- I didn't have an agent for 15 years. And because I'd won, I think, 19 awards at the time, maybe 20. Now I'm up to 30. But I was able to say, look, I created this stuff. I've done four films and I've won Best Actress in Dramas and Comedies, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director. So he was able to see my work. He was able to see that I'm winning awards for it. He was able to meet me and have a conversation about those things. So that's my new age. I love my new agent, Chris Allen. He at Buckwald, he is just brilliant. And, you know, he's so supportive. And I'm finally getting the auditions that I should have been getting my whole life, Mm -hmm. supporting leads, leads, series, regular roles. And it's because I'm doing my own content. In the course of creating your own content and putting it out there and directing your films, did you come across any obstacles? Oh, yep. You always come across obstacles. My first obstacle was in film school. And it was crazy because, one, I wasn't 20. And the teacher who was teaching the directing aspect of it just didn't take me seriously. He was like, oh, you know, because you were in these movies and because you had this history, you think you're this, that, and the other. No, I've never, I'm the last person to think anybody's anybody. I I, I don't put anybody on any level. I'm no better than anyone and no less than anyone. But he said some things that were so inappropriate that he actually got fired from the school. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was mind-boggling to me to have somebody who was supposed to be teaching me something say the kind of things that he said um, in front of the whole class. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why he ended up getting fired because of his what he did. Not, I mean, it was just not okay. 
Yeah, there's, you know, you come up against a lot of things. Everybody does. Not everybody likes everything you do. Not everybody thinks what I think is funny is funny or what I think is dramatic is dramatic. So, yeah, I mean, there's that. There was somebody who was a very well-known actor who was also and about my age in the same class. And at the end of the class, he said, oh, you know, I don't know if Kim really learned anything because everybody had her acting and all of their stuff. And Well, you know what? I'm the only one who's won an awards out of our class. So I was going to say, like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I was paying a lot of attention. I learned a lot and I'm making it work for me and for all the people around me. That's awesome. I'm curious how your experience acting helped to influence that transition to writing and directing. I think it's just kind of the opposite. Okay. I think that, um, Directing is a whole different ball of wax. And as an actor, you don't understand what other people are doing. That's why I actually went to film school so that I could see. I think I learned more actually being on sets and watching, you know, the process my whole life. And with my son also having been on a show for several years, I think I learned a lot more on the set. I mean, and there's a lot of, a lot of questions about whether you should go to film school or not where you learn more. I think on-the-job training is difficult, but you can learn a lot on the set. I don't think, I think that as a director, understanding what an actor needs is more important. Mm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? As an actor, there's no way to really understand what a director needs from you. They have to get that through to you. But as a director, having been an actor, it's easier to understand how to get that point across to another actor. Okay. Like, and I became a really good director. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that directing has affected my acting. I think the thing that affects my acting the most is helping other actors. Mm. Every time I explain to someone else how to do something, it just reinforces what I do as an actor. Okay. Do you wish that you had started writing and directing sooner? No, I think everything happened at just the right time. (laughs) I really do. I think, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I mean, like I said, I sat on uh, animals for three years before I put it in a festival. And it literally, it swept the first festival it went into. I didn't win Best Actress. I won Best Supporting Actress and Best Acting Duo, Best Director, Best Thriller, Best Makeup for that one. I mean, I put it in there on a lark. And then it just right, at the, like, I think in the middle of the pandemic, and it swept that one. I was like, what? What just happened? That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I think everything happens at the right time. Okay. Where can we find this film? Oh, you can't see it right now because it's still in festivals. Uh, okay. It's a short film, but um, I will eventually put it on YouTube and you'll be able to see it. So you work with actors in various capacities. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone who wants to write or direct? Well, I think first of all, you need to understand exactly where you fit in the business, like where your starting point is going to be. And then write something that is meaningful to you, something that you feel really strongly about. Make it short and, um, you know, start there. I mean, just start writing. The best thing to do is just start writing what you think you would be cast as, and then surround yourself with other people that can help you make it come to life. Perfect. Thank you. So what are you working on now? Uh, I'm working on a couple of different things. I'm um, working with Abigail Breslin, who was in Stillwater. She asked me to be on her show, Door Girls. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to New York to do that. 
And she and I are also going to be writing um, a limited series. And then I, I just was hired as the lead in a limited micro short series. And I'm playing the mother of three teenagers in various states of mental health issues. So they all have different mental health issues. And the ex-husband was abusive. It's called Facets. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very big on mental health. And I was so excited to be considered for this and offered the role. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to do it. So I'm going to move on to that second photo that you sent, okay. which I absolutely loved. <laughs> so it's of you and your son, Zach, at a Warner Brothers press junket for the show Movie Star. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of walk us through that day? That was Zach's first press junket, and <laughs> it was kind of crazy. There were hundreds of people there, and uh, I was so happy and so proud of him. And I told him in the morning, this is your day. Like, just be present, soak it all in, enjoy this, like, to the fullest. He's like, yeah, yeah, mom, okay. You know, he was like 14. He got up on the stage, and I was standing in the back of this giant room with a couple hundred, you know, press there. And I was standing with the publicist from the WB and they started asking questions. And one of the people said, Hey, Zach, how did you get into this business? And it happened to have been the mother of one of the kids that he went to school with. And she knows full well how he got into the business. And he's my son, who I adore, said, Oh, my mom, my mom was an actress. Oh my gosh. He was so cute. He came off and we jumped into the limo. We went home to change into those outfits that you saw. And when we got to the other place, I said, okay, you are not allowed to say anything else about your mom tonight. Zero. So when we got out of the limo, they had all the paparazzi there and they were calling both of our names. And he said, mom, mom, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, just look the same direction as me and smile. And he did. And it was just like, it was just such an incredible evening together. He looked so handsome in his tuxedo, and I was so proud of him, and it was amazing. What's your favorite memory from that day? That evening when we were leaving that party, the vice president of Warner Brothers Talent came over, and he told Zach, he's like, Zach, I'm going to give your mom some money, and I want you to take the lemon when I want you to go get an ice cream. And he was like, really? You know, I was like, I think just the joy of him just being a kid and not have being wrapped up in the show business aspect of it. He never was that kid. Mm-hmm. He left the business after that show. He he didn't like getting attached to people the way he did and then having to say goodbye at some point. So he said he didn't want to ever do that again. And I said, hey, you know what? Your choice. I didn't even want you to go into this business unless you wanted to. It was his choice to go in, his choice to go out. So that was the end of it. Looking back at it, sort of bittersweet because that was like the end of his acting career. But um he was just loving it. You know, he loved every minute of it. So being the mother of a young actor, what advice would you give to parents of young actors or actresses? Well, first of all, I think it really needs to be their choice. I see a lot of parents who want to be actors themselves. So, you know, let them know that they can leave the business anytime they want, that you really have to be very supportive of kids. It's a very difficult business and there's a lot of pressure on what you look like and it's a lot of pressure for a kid. I think as a parent, I never pushed my son, never wanted him to go into acting. He made the choice when he was nine to do it. And I I don't know. If I had another child, I wouldn't put my child into the business. 
this. It's not something I would do. If your kid really wants to do it, you just have to be really protective of them and be aware of where they are and who's around them at all times because it's an adult business. It's really not a child's business. So, so just a few more questions as we wrap things up here. Okay. The first one is, can you tell us some myths about uh, show business or the acting business? Well, uh, one of the myths is that you can't do it on your own. And as I discussed earlier, you can do it on your own. Another one is that, you know, women over 30 that you don't have, well, I proved that wrong. I mean, I'm, I've worked more in the last two years than I did probably in 20 years. And you don't have to be beautiful. You don't have to be thin. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to be trained and devoted and passionate and persistent. Fantastic. I had asked you what advice you would give to parents. So what advice would you give to aspiring actors or entertainers? I would say be in the marketplace that you feel like you're like, if you want to be on Broadway or doing plays in New York, you should be. Um, or if you want to be in television and film, New York is probably not the place. There are probably 30, 35 shows that are in New York, but Los Angeles or, or Atlanta for television and film. Be where you are going to work. Um, train, whether it's online or if it's just getting together with friends and practicing scenes or doing monologues, writing and just acting. Just act. Do what you want to do. Do what you love. And just be persistent. Be professional. Learn how to create genuine, authentic relationships with people. That takes years sometimes. I mean, always. I mean, any kind of relationship takes years to develop. You know, people in this business in particular are so used to people saying, I want, I want, I want, what can you do for me? So you need to offer to help people and do things for them first. And so if you're a giver, you're going to go farther than if you're a taker. I'm going to take a bit of a step back because you talked about getting that training, you know, starting online. What would you suggest is the best way to bridge if you say started online and then moved to one of these centers? Well, I mean, the thing is, if you're online, you can create relationships with people wherever you're going to go. I would say, you know, there are classes like my class that I was doing online. There were people who I met during the pandemic who moved to California and now they're here and they're just starting to work. So creating relationships with people online in the area that you want to move to is always a good thing. Getting involved with classes. The Groundlings has online classes, I believe, still. So, I mean, you can reach out, find acting classes or coaches in the area that you're going to um, and start creating relationships with those people. Follow people on Instagram. Okay, and I'm going to say this right now. Don't start sending messages to people. Find the people that you want to get involved with and follow them. You like something once in a while, that's great. Don't like everything that people post. Don't send them private messages. It's like dating. You don't want to like bombard somebody that you don't know. You know, just think of it that way. Think of it as a dating relationship. Um, and start to find out who you want to meet, like other actors or directors or producers or writers. Start checking out the shows that you want to be on and find out who the producers and directors and writers are and start following them. Okay, that's great. But don't freak them out. Don't scare them away. Don't do that. <laughs> 
Only I have people contact me and there's like, they, they call me every single day. And I say, you know, I would really love to help you. I can't talk to you every single day. I don't have the time. I'm doing other things. So I learned quickly what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. And casting directors, directors and producers and agents, they get emails and letters and messages all day, every day from hundreds, if not thousands of people. So just think about that for a second. That's all. I ask every guest to provide one piece of advice for the listeners. And you responded, quote, be present, love your friends and family, and lift others up. I would love to hear more about that. Well, I think being present is the most important thing you can do in your life. We only have this moment. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk out the door or when we finish this conversation. There's no way to know. So I think being present is the most important thing for me with everybody even just in an interview, especially like, I don't know the questions that you're going to ask. And I see people do interviews and they answer a question that wasn't even asked. So I think just being present, living in in the moment is so important for everything, just in general in life, telling people that you love them. I love all my actors. I love my friends. I love my family. And that's not to say that I don't disagree with them or have differences of opinion or get angry with them. But I tell everybody that I love them at the end of every conversation. I hug everybody before they leave. I really do genuinely love people. And so I think it's really important that you tell the people around you that you love them. And being grateful for them and everything around you is so important. It just changes your life. And the last bit, you know, persevering in life. I mean, you have to follow your dreams. And if you're persistent in things, you're going to get what you want. It might take you 20 years or 30 years, or it could be a day. You just don't know. So I think you have to be persistent. You have to be grateful. You have to love and you have to be present. You can view my guest snapshots at the show's website, snapshotsandsecondacts.com. I'm eager to chat with people whose decision to embark on a second act has taken them to places they could have only previously imagined. Do you have your own story to share? Let me know at snapshotsandsecondacts.com. Theme music for the show was provided by The Permanent Residence. Thanks for listening.